Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, the 25th of August, and the market having a fabulous day to start with today. Up 70 points as vaccine hopes seep into the markets. Dow Jones up 378, NASDAQ up 0.6%, of a percent, S&P 500 up 1%, and the S&P 500 is now above the February high, is up 6% year-to-date, NASDAQ's up 27% year-to-date. It's all fabulous stuff, isn't it? Now, the big moves overnight were all those recovery sectors airlines, cruise lines, airlines in the US up 75 to 10%. We are suddenly back into this recovery trade, or as they call it in the US, the reopening trade, which is all the cyclical stocks that will do well if the virus went away are suddenly recovering. And that plays perfectly to the themes we have got going in the growth portfolio, which is a bet on the banks, which have been disappointing us ever since we bought them a couple of weeks ago. And it's playing out well for the other recovery sectors like travel, tourism, REITs, and the energy sector. And the energy sector getting a bit of a boost overnight from a 1.5% rise in the oil price as two storms run through the Gulf of Mexico at the same time, a rarity, Laura and Marco. Those storms have caused production cuts or shut-in of production in the Gulf of Mexico, 82% shut-in and gasoline prices up. Interestingly, in the strategy piece today, I put together this morning a seasonal chart of the oil price. Quite interesting, really. Have a look at that. But the main point is that the oil price tends to peak out in August, September, and then fall until February. And all this is related to the US driving season, which is a summer activity with a fall in demand for oil over winter. And as we run into winter, the oil price comes off. So effectively, it says if you're going to trade oil stocks, trade them between February and September, although it's a seasonal chart going back to 1980. And if you invested on the back of that idea every year, I don't think it's going to make a lot of difference to your returns. More the game at the moment in oil is that it is a sector that will lift fairly rapidly should we get out of our virus paranoia. We have been flat chat this results season, trying to keep everything pinned down, read everything. Net result is that we haven't been having a lot of new ideas, but I will reiterate what I said on Friday is that our intention is to turn this growth portfolio into just that. At the moment, we're playing recovery themes, and it's meant that we have bought stocks which are not naturally growth stocks, for instance, the banks. And if we can just get the bull market back on track, then we are going to engineer or re-engineer this portfolio into growth stocks rather than recovery trades. But let's let these recovery trades happen if they're going to happen. Meanwhile, we are going to be adding more stocks in smaller size, as I wrote last week, as our funds under management, which are around 80 million, as they approach 100 million, we simply can't be running a 2025 stock portfolio. So we're going to spread it, which might actually make make it more interesting for you as members because there'll be more stocks on the list. And if we can get a fairly large stable of growth stocks, it will pass some fairly strong messages on stock selection to you and at the same time spread out the individual stock risk for us. So The expectation is that once the virus-related trading is done and the market settled down, we will be holding more stocks in smaller sizes and they will be far more focused on growth than recovery trades as they are now. A few other things going on today. The first case of reinfection in Hong Kong. An unlucky 33-year-old has caught it again after four and a half months. Apparently, this doesn't negate the possibility of a vaccine. Naturally developed immunity may not be as 
efficacious as a vaccine-developed immunity, in the words of Mary Poppins. US cases have dropped for the fifth week on the trot. The US election rhetoric and sparring is ramping up as the Republican convention goes for four days. And as one newswire says, we will have four days of trumpeting. A stimulus deal looks no closer. The Jackson Hole Symposium is at the end of the week. It's a virtual meeting this year. Jerome Powell will speak. Watch out for that. They have been a sober voice recently. It may well be that the vaccine optimism has filtered its way to the US Central Bank, in which case we might see a more positive tone which could potentially continue to turn markets, or not turn markets, keep the markets in the US going up, but maybe turn some of our sectors. The S&P 500 Home Builders Index has hit an all-time high in the US. That's interesting. Chris recently bought James Hardy in the trading section. Themes seem to be running in its favor at the moment. There's a headline saying the median S&P 500 stock has never been more expensive. I see Delta Airlines have said they're going to be doubling the number of staff to carry out a COVID-compliant pit stop. A aeroplane lands and a host of cleaners are going to descend, it seems. It's an interesting thought, not just in the airlines, but you imagine one of the more permanent impacts of the virus is that there will be a lot more cleaning in any public places. I actually Googled today ASX listed cleaning stocks. All I got was clean away. But you do wonder whether there are some stocks leveraged to that theme. And that's about that for today. Now, I wrote in the weekend email about Henry's podcast with the guys from Equity Mates, which was in the newsletter on Saturday. And they were talking about one of their better podcasts was with a fund manager they'd interviewed who thought that the way to invest was to pick a world ETF and trade it. And I wrote that I have some sympathies for that thought because what we've done well in our portfolio management in the last year is timing the market. And I have imagined what a return you could get or we could get if we could time the market well in just an ETF over the ASX 200, say, or even the S&P 500. If that was our goal, it would certainly suit a lot of millennials who seem to be into ETFs, who seem to be looking for longer-term returns, compounding returns, and a lack of activity. They don't really want to be playing in individual stocks. They just want to be tucking their money away. And that's possibly a good option. Less volatility, slower moving, less risky, no results, landmines, cheaper on transaction costs, a lot less work than researching, picking, maintaining, administering administering holdings in significant number of individual stocks. And with one ETF or maybe even five ETFs, we could more easily achieve that sort of step performance we've talked about over the last few months, stepping into the market when it's going up, stepping out when it isn't, stepping in again when it starts going up again. It's a nirvana. And many of you will tell me it's not possible and you can't time the market, which is an idiot of unimaginative financial advisors who don't want to have to do anything, but I reckon it is possible and it's worth at least finding out. So we'll give it a go. But before we do that, I have to say thank you very much for all your emails. I put a link in the weekend email for anyone that was interested in ETF portfolio to email me. And I had over 100 emails on the Saturday and then again on the Sunday. So apologies. I feel bad for not replying to you. Some of them were heartfelt emails with a lot of detail. I have not got the capacity to answer them all. So thank you very much. 
but I have picked up on all the themes and one of the themes was the idea that it is exhausting to be regularly trading individual shares and it was stressful and time consuming and I completely understand that. It's sort of why I wrote that paragraph because the market's a nightmare of inf information overload at the moment. Trying to cover the ground as a fund manager is doomed. We're bound to miss some of the ideas and risks. Hence the suggestion of a vastly more relaxed ETF portfolio. But of course, I've written that right in the middle of the busiest week of the year or one of the two busiest weeks of the year of results season. Next week, we'll be twiddling our thumbs looking for more action, I'm sure, after the results season's over. But be that as it may, ETFs are obviously interesting. The Marcus Today community and an ETF education would be of perpetual benefit. So we're going to do that. Now, one of the biggest drawbacks for equity investors is that ETFs are like watching paint dry. When you are used to trading shares, they are a lot less volatile and sexy and interesting. When you have an ETF tracking an index over 200 or 500 stocks, you do not get a lot of daily action. Of course, the biggest advantage for equity investors is that ETFs are like watching paint dry. <laughs> you don't get a lot of action. And in that realization, you realize that ETFs are horses for courses. It's going to suit those that want less volatility, less activity, less transaction costs, less decisions, and a long-term compounding return. And some of the ETFs actually compound dividends quite neatly. But it's not going to suit anyone looking for extraordinary gains, anyone who loves the stock market, loves trading shares, loves doing all the research and investigation, loves the social side of it. ETFs are more long-term, less activity. So it will suit you or it won't suit you. But for those of you that it does suit, I see this as an educational project we can quite easily take on. We have no plan to start an ETF SMA at the moment. So those queries about what's it going to cost and what's the minimum amount and one of our members very kindly offered to seed it with a significant sum of money. Thank you very much for that. But at this point, those issues are moot points because we are not going to start an ETF SMA at this point in time. We can actually buy ETFs in our current SMAs, but don't intend to, but we might. But what we will do for you is take you on a learning journey, explain ETFs, pick some, track them in a portfolio, try and time them, and hopefully find a combination that delivers a lower risk lower effort, better than average long-term compounding return. We'll start with an ETF portfolio in the newsletter. It may only have one ETF in it. The whole idea is to see whether this will beat the performance of a much more actively traded portfolio, one that's constantly trying to pick stocks. We will compare the two in six months or a year's time and see how we did. So let the games begin. Now, I can't promise we're going to produce a portfolio tomorrow. It takes a bit of setup on the software for one thing, uh, but also we're in the middle of a results season. So we are as busy as, but I will try and get there as soon as the results season is over, if not before. So that's about that. As I leave you, the market was up 70. It's up 40 at the moment. It's the banks absolutely flying today. Westpac up 4%, NAB up 4.3, ANZ up 3.8, CBA up 2.4. That's where the action is today. And the other stocks going up are Flight Center, Webjet up 6% each. Corporate travel up 5%, all doing better on the back of the hopes that Australia is going to get over the worst and start reopening borders before too long. That's about that for today. You have a good day and I will speak to you all tomorrow. Mm -hmm.